1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
0: This is WTIC Pet Talk. Today, Dr. Andrea Dennis from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital takes your pet health questions. Whether you have a dog, cat, or hamster, this is a show for you and your best friend. Call in now at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. And now, Pet Talk.
2: Good afternoon and welcome. It is the veterinary edition of Ped Talk right here on WTIC and we welcome you to join us. We are live in the studio and we would love to take your questions. That is the most important part of this show. Hello, I am Dr. Andrea Dennis and I'm from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital and we are here in the middle of the holiday season. Uh, the next couple of weeks we start off uh right like this evening with with Hanukkah and uh, next week we've got Christmas Eve and then New Year's and New Year's Eve so it's just a lot going on right now and many of you are in your cars uh you know, doing some last minute shopping grocery shopping and I uh the and I say that based on the traffic pattern coming here to the the studio here in Farmington. Lots of you on the road. So again, be safe and, and be kind. I think, again, we can all get a little bit stressed, especially if you don't have a pet at home. And that's a healthy pet at home because we do know what pets do for us in terms of eliminating and helping our stress. That's why I'm here on Saturday afternoons uh, to make sure we do whatever we can possible to educate you, the pet owner, to do what's best, to do what you, to recognize when your pet is um, not feeling well. Those subtle signs, because again, obviously, they can't talk with us. They can't talk to us. And that's our job, to be very observant. And um, and I've been through a recent incident myself with our, our kitty cat at, at my home that uh, I may t- touch on a little bit later. But, you know, they depend on us. So again, I, if whatever we can do here to help you and help you have the questions in hand for when you go visit your veterinarian, uh, I do not at all advocate that I am um, a replacement for your veterinarian, but I am trying to just kind of guide you. And sometimes we we need second opinions, things of that sort. And there's so much out there. So don't don't leave me here by myself on this holiday weekend. Please give me a call at eight six zero. And the earlier you call, the quicker we'll get you on the air. And I do my best trying to answer every question. And um, I see Kevin's busy already um, with some of those calls. One of the things that has been in the media is a lot of um, sort of blurbs. And I feel that it's not been a complete story in that. You probably have seen stories about canine influenza, um, something that's more commonly called as the doggy flu or the dog flu. It is something that we um, deal with on on a regular basis. We do find there are waves of um, incidences and waves of infection. I think we're seeing more cases right now because of the fact that uh, people are traveling again. People are moving around a little bit more. Some of these, um, some of the main locations that we tend to get this, are from shelters and people are adopting pets. So I think it's it's called the doggy flu, canine influenza. We do have a vaccine at your veterinarian's office, and I would discuss it whether it's something if your dog is high at high risk for um, contracting. Uh, some of these issues um, in terms of um, respiratory disease. So what is it? It's a virus. uh, There's actually two strains that we deal with quite a lot here in the United States, uh, and that is um, H3N8 and H3N2, which is something you you can forget. Don't worry about that. And it tends to be a part of something that we call the canine infectious respiratory disease complex, Many of you do vaccinate your dogs for something called uh, Bordetella, more commonly uh, known as kennel cough. We have come to learn over the years that kennel cough is is not just one organism. It tends to be a combination, and from anywhere, canine distemper, canine parainfluenza, influenza, influenza, bacteria can be involved. But what makes this canine influenza different and why we vaccinate for it separately, is that it is extremely contagious. It's so easy to spread from um, one dog to another. In particular, it's most easily spread in overcrowded or high-population environments, such as shelters, which I mentioned earlier, boarding centers, dog parks, pet stores, dog shows. And again, that's another example of where there, you know, dog shows were were limited when we weren't traveling, but now these these um, areas, you know, we're getting together with our with our pets, and this is the main way that it is uh, spread. Now, you can go ahead and, like I said, talk to your veterinarian about whether vaccinating your dog is the right thing for you to do. I don't believe in over-vaccinating; it's not considered what we call our core vaccine. But if you do like going to to dog parks, if you are going to, especially now, again, we're traveling more and you're going to bring your dog to a, a kennel facility or grooming facility, I would at least have the conversation with your veterinarian. We have used the vaccine um, for well over a decade now. We were one of the first hospitals to provide it because we saw the problem that it was having back in 2008, 2009. It was just such a, a mess then. And to have this reemergence is something we don't need to panic about, but we need to be smart about it. Just like the COVID vaccine, it's not going to—it's not going to guarantee you're not going to get the disease, or your pet, your dog's not going to get the disease. But it can minimize one the transmission of the shedding of the virus, and as well as the severe symptoms. I have some dogs that have had this canine influenza, and they go into this very um, aggressive, fulminating pneumonia. They need to be hospitalized, and it's just so dangerous and and life-threatening for them. But with the vaccine, we have seen um, minimizing those type of symptoms. Uh, The other thing, too, is that how would you know if your dog did have uh, canine influenza? It can look like kennel cough sometimes, but usually the dogs are more sick than with the typical kennel cough. They can have a fever. The coughing is intense. Sometimes you'll even notice that pink tongue starts to turn blue. They are in more respiratory distress, obviously have a fever. Sometimes you'll even see bleeding from the nostrils. The eyes are weepy. And you can just tell they're so down and out. They really act sick. Sometimes dogs that have uh, kennel cough, they are still running around. They're still very active, but they just have this irritating cough. I, what I would do recommend is that you do call your veterinarian if your dog is coughing, especially if you just had them boarding at a facility, if they were, or you just adopted them from a shelter, or they went to a, a grooming facility. Call your veterinarian first because you don't want to walk in. You don't want to just have your um, dog coughing and potentially spreading it throughout the veterinary hospital. We um, take this very seriously. Um, even before we were doing curbside service where we were um, meeting um, dogs and and pets in the parking lot, we always had the owner stay in the car. I would examine my initial examination. If I suspected canine influenza or doggy flu, I would do the exam in the car. And then if I felt there was this, we weren't dealing with this, I would then get the green light and the, the pet could come inside the hospital. So don't don't just bring a coughing dog into your veterinarian's office. Give them a call first and let them guide you, and they will they will do the right things for sure. I promise that. And then, again, see if the vaccine is something that you can use preventatively. We do tend to treat symptomatically many times with cough suppressants and antibiotics. Also, if your dog has been diagnosed with canine influenza, it can still that pet can still um, shed that virus up to four weeks. So if it's been diagnosed, you don't want to run and then take them back five days later after they stopped coughing, take them back to their doggy daycare because you have at least another potential three weeks where they could still shed and spread this virus. And then you're doing harm to others. So hopefully that explains this canine um, influenza and and we are seeing it a little bit more. Connecticut has both strains. We see that um, on um, when we do diagnose it. I would say that we are New York, New Jersey is really having um, a serious outbreak, and those they are our neighbors: Massachusetts, uh, Connecticut, and Rhode Island. We're seeing some cases, but not in the same severe numbers that they are in New York. So. Just want you to be aware but not be frightened so we're going to take more phone calls when we get back right from we're going to take a quick break and then uh, come back and listen to more pet talk on wtic news talk 1080 Welcome back. I love this song so I let it play just a little bit longer. We are in that festive season, that holiday season. Welcome back to Pet Talk. I'm Dr. Andrea Dennis from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital and we are celebrating the holiday season. We're going to talk a little bit later about how to keep your pets safe during this holiday season and um, you know again if you um, were here at the beginning of the show we talked about what doggy flu or canine influenza is all about and how you can try to help prevent that in your pets but as promised we are all about your calls and I'm going to invite Doug how are you today?
3: Good thank you doctor how are you?
2: You know I feel good when the sun is shining
3: yeah, it feels really nice out. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. The forecast, I guess, was supposed to be for a little bit of rain, but it's very pleasant outside.
2: It's coming out. It's getting better. So how can we help you today?
3: Okay, I, I just wanted to give you a quick update. Uh, right. You and I spoke not last time you were on, but the time before. Uh-huh. Uh I've got a retriever mix, and her nose was getting very... Uh, dry yeah and uh a little you know a little um I don't, know, I don't know how to really describe it other than dry uh-huh. and kind of broken up a little bit yes. um and you had recommended bag bomb mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic oh that was good
2: i was wondering oh. what you were gonna say <laughs> thank no, you was great.
3: i uh good good i i i went out got some immediately mm-hmm. uh i literally um I had a little trouble at first developing a little bit of a plan yeah. that still she wouldn't lick it off right away. Right. Um, but I literally saw a difference the next day. Yeah, that's um, so good. And uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. No, I, I, I think I interrupted you. I kept up the process every couple of days. Yeah. Uh, I found out the best thing for me was um, she typically goes to – to sleep for the evening a little earlier than I do <laughs> so when she goes and lies down at nine thirty or so um, I'll go in and I've actually I've showed her the, the can yeah you know, so she kind of knows what's coming Oh, good good. and, and uh, I just I rub it on her nose and then after that I'll stroke her head you know scratch it between the eyes upon the forehead and scratch her neck mm-hmm. and she doesn't lick at all during that time so I do that for a couple three four minutes um, and that's it. Oh,
2: that's and, great.
3: And uh, you know, then I, she seems to relax. She will do a couple of licks after that, but she's pretty tired by then. And uh, that's tremendous perfect. difference. Well, um, I, it's 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 completely cleared a, a couple of times, and then once I saw a little bit of spot come back. Right. Um, and I just re, I did re, did the same thing again. Worked tremendous, so I, I really appreciate the advice. That's it worked sure.
2: fantastic. Well, that makes me feel great, and the fact that you figured out a good time to give to to apply it, so that she's not going to be her her mind is not going to be so focused on trying to lick it off. And again, coming sort of from behind, I, I think. And again, I'm sure you know when we talked, we talked about not clumping it on there, just making it a thin layer. And uh, you don't need a lot. The other thing I might recommend, since it's working so well, Doug, is that you do it pre preventatively. I mean, now that we're getting the... the, the we talked about the weather getting drier and colder. Um, right. That maybe just doing it if you you know once a week or once every two weeks to kind of find out what what's happening. And and for those of you that may not remember the call, what happens with some some of the dogs' nose and um, it, their nose is almost like a, they have their that's what gives them their very distinct. Um, nose print like our fingerprints and again it's exposed and it can get very dry and crusty and there's some breeds especially your brachycephalic those breeds that have kind of like pug um, pushed in smushed in faces um, it gets very very dry and I've had some dogs that it your, the dead skin just keeps on growing and growing so that it almost looks like they have a tumor on their nose but it really is the skin that it, the keratin of the skin that's just overgrown and if you can do this like Doug did kind of step in early on you can really prevent them getting cracked infected bleeding it's just so so good so I'm I my heart you have made my holiday by letting me know that it worked and again it's not an expensive thing um, Uh, sort of product to buy and you could do it yourself so that's great
3: yeah and there's they give you you know it's not a big can Mm -hmm. but it's plenty Uh, like you (laughs) say I don't goop it on I use a thin coat Um, and I tried it like we had spoken about trying it when uh, when she was eating yeah and that worked fairly good the first you know the first time I tried it mm-hmm. uh but as soon as she stopped eating, she was right on it okay and uh so I did try a couple of different things, good. and it just seemed like the time worked the best because that's when she was the most relaxed and in addition to me, you know just playing with her and settling her down and and, and patting her head and her or scratching her neck and her belly and stuff. It, it works perfectly. And I, I couldn't thank you enough because that really uh, that really solved the problem.
2: Well, I'm so happy to hear, and it's my pleasure to help and, and give her a kiss for me tonight before you guys go to sleep. Okay.
3: I sure would, <laughs> Dennis. Thank you very much, and happy holidays to you.
2: Happy holidays. Thank you so thank much. You, thank you. Yeah, that was. Um, it's really if preventing disease that's the other thing we're all about trying to um, spread that message if we can prevent things from getting worse than they they already are but again I just am so appreciative that Doug kind of noticed something that wasn't quite right how can we prevent it and it can lead to big problems so again doing doing things the right way is perfect and which is my segue about trying to do some things the right way And that is, how can we make sure we keep our pets safe from these holiday foods in particular? You you all know what I'm talking about. You know, you have guests that are coming over. You have um, situations where um, you're not really paying attention to your pet like you should. but. You know, I know some of you think, oh, yeah, I know chocolate is bad for my dog, you know, and, you know, so I know what not to give them. But do we really? You know, there are certain things that we kind of take for granted. When we are, we talked about this at Thanksgiving, when you are having stuffing, a lot of times things in the um, side dishes that we have have things like onions in them or something like macadamia nuts people will put into some of their recipes. Those are all bad for your dogs, okay, just like the grapes and the raisins, uh, people that are um, cannot use sugar, and they use xylitol or xylitol um, sort of feeded um, you know, products. Those are all dangerous. I mean, to the point that they can go to. I know we have another call coming in. We'll get that in just a second. But um, what, what I know we have other. You want to stay away from those things, even the smallest amount. Is, can be extremely dangerous. And those bread makers, I have had, we've had two people bring us homemade bread to our animal hospital during the holiday season. And if you are bread makers, remember that when you have that rising bread dough, don't leave it on the counter where your pets can get into. The warmth of their body when they eat it will allow that bread to continue to rise in their stomach. It's very painful. It's very difficult to... Um, subside and get it under control, and some of these pets even need surgery. Also, the tinsel, make sure any type of tinsel and garland, you wanna make sure your pets don't nibble on those. The trash cans, my I have a dog one dog and one cat. They smell everything and they work together as a team. And you know you know what I'm talking about out there. The cat will jump up on the counter and knock something off on the on the floor for the dog and for them both to eat. So just be careful with those trash cans. I can tell you things happen in five seconds and I you do not want to spend any time at a veterinary emergency hospital this weekend, right? All right, so we are going to take our news break right now, and then we're going to come back with more phone calls. We'll be right back. This is Pet
0: Talk. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend a here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.
1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
0: Call
2: from mom. Answer
1: it.
0: Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
2: Welcome back. You are listening to the veterinary edition of Pet Talk. I'm Dr. Andrea Dennis from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital here answering your calls. And give us a call at 860-522-9842. Kevin is my producer for this afternoon, and he will answer your calls and put you in the queue. And we are happy to talk about anything having to do with your pets. It doesn't have to do with the holidays. doesn't have to do with the doggy flu, um, anything that you feel uh, that is just a, not quite right. And I know, I know how backed up veterinarians are in terms of their scheduling appointments. Uh, I know how tired I am, uh, but a, again, <laughs> you know, that's what we're, that's what we're here for. It There's just been such a need, but You know, again, until you can get in to see your veterinarian, we're trying to do the best to get everyone in as soon as possible, Um, but yet keep everyone at wellness, you know, the the human wellness there with the uh, staffing and my my, um, technicians and assistants. Uh, But anything we can do to kind of like give you like a holding place or some things you can do at home, whether you need to go to an emergency hospital, those are the things that we're here to guide you with. But it is the holiday season. And I, the timing-wise, we are not going to have a show next weekend because that's going to be Christmas Eve. There'll be, uh, I assume, Christmas Eve music playing or Christmas music playing. Uh, I think Lori Fass, our um, animal trainer, will be on the following week, I believe. Uh, so I won't be on the air until uh, early January. So the other piece of this is New Year's that I have a problem with. And that the problem with New Year's is that when we do have individuals that um, are in a situation where they have dogs and cats that are just so frightened, they're so frightened about fireworks. And with that, we know that, uh, especially Hartford. I I love fireworks myself. So, and I know Hartford generally has um, a fire show or fireworks at six, and then again at midnight. Certain things you want to kind of keep do, if you can, try to help your dogs and your cats uh, along ahead of time. I think we have a little bit of time uh, before this happens, but you can even start doing a sound training um, with your dog. And I, by that, I mean they do you, online. You can get sort of like a recording of fireworks, and what you want to do is put it on a very, very low volume, put it as low as possible, and. Give your dog reinforcement. If they love treats, give them a few treats while they're listening to this firework sound at a very low volume. And you want to do that for a few days and then kind of start turning up the volume a little bit, still giving them treats. And then when you turn off the sound of the machine or the sound of the fireworks, stop giving them treats. But you want to kind of try, and it doesn't work with every, every dog, but you want to try to associate something that's a, a positive experience with the sound of fireworks in the background. Some of my clients have invested in these dog anxiety vests. It's like a, a coat that you put on their body and fit pretty tightly. Some people feel that has been very helpful. I have, um, we, many times when we have cats that are very anxious, we will wrap them up in a towel and it does tend to calm them. You know, just like swaddling a baby, it's the same type of theory. If you have a dog that likes to go running and likes to exercise, try to tire them out before the fireworks. And since nightfall tends to occur so easily early this time of year, go ahead and um, run with them at 3 in the afternoon, 4 in the afternoon, see if you can tire them out a little bit. Uh, Same thing with trying to feed them early is another recommendation. Uh, If you can distract them during the fireworks, I love those food puzzles and those food toys where you kind of hide food in there. That's also a nice way to distract them. White noise in the background. What is scary about the fireworks is that the the pet, just like us humans don't really know, especially when they're at home and they're not watching something get shot off from the, from a fireworks grounds is they don't know when it's coming. And that fright and flight, uh, Instinct takes over, so if you have something that you can play some white noise in the background, that can be really quite helpful for them. And also, if they kind of want to jump in your lap and they're, or they're behind your couch, don't shoo them away. Try to comfort them. If that they're coming to you for a little bit of help, then provide that help for them. You can talk to them. You can pet them. You can soothe them. All that is really uh, an excellent um means of trying to make this experience even though it doesn't seem to last that long it really takes them through such a a horrible journey and finally again talk to your veterinarian we do have some anti-anxiety medication that we are we will, I know, we prescribe for some of our patients that needed, and people have found, but boy, that makes a big difference. You, sometimes you even do, do it the night before and then again the morning of and then maybe an hour or two before you expect the fireworks to be occurring. So whatever we can do to kind of dull that noise and um, kind of make sure that they are know that they're well received, okay? So some things that we want to just try to prevent, as with during, this, during this holiday season would be the ideal thing that we can do. So I, t- I mentioned my cat, and, you know, I feel that I'm probably, I'm a compassionate person, and I'm a compassionate veterinarian, and I feel that I feel your pain as patients. I feel your pain as clients, as most veterinarians do. But when you start to go through something yourself, it kind of like reinforces what it feels like when your pet's sick and you feel helpless. And even us veterinarians will sometimes feel helpless. So there's two lessons with that. One is that my my cat's much better now. So just to put that out there, uh, Rita's doing much, much better. But the thing was, you don't know. She couldn't tell us what was going on. She was not eating. And I guarantee you, this cat eats everything, anytime, any... She doesn't care what it is, she would eat it. So we have to be very careful with her. But when she did not want to eat at all, that was the sign. She was lying there. She was even... um, She wasn't necessarily down and out. She just wouldn't come from her food. Then that evening, then she started to act down and out. So we had to go ahead, and um, I brought her to the hospital, x-rayed her, did some blood work. And it, it kind of... It's sort of a mystery. I don't really know what, what was going on with her. There was no obstruction, but she um, she had um, a little bit of a fever, but not too much, and her white blood cells were totally wiped out. By that, I mean she had – when your body is hit very hard, white blood cells try to come and fight off infections. Well, she really had no white blood cells. So we're thinking there was a, a sepsis situation of some kind. We treated her conservatively, um, treated, Then, and I had to treat her like three or four days. But the other p- point of the story is that I still t- don't know exactly what was wrong with her. I don't. She responded to medication. She did quite well. But in medicine, sometimes we don't know, we don't have all the answers. And that's frustrating. It's frustrating as uh, parents, pet parents. It's frustrating in human medicine. Um, been through a similar experience with um, my, my son where you just don't know why something happened or why someone gets sick. So be patient um, sometimes on when we say we don't really know and we're glad that we're better. most of the time we can have a diagnosis for you but if that doesn't happen that doesn't mean that we're not doing um, a good job and the, the tests aren't t- giving us something we can rule out a lot of things but sometimes we just don't have a name for it and I know that's scary because you worry about is it going to happen again so I just wanted to share that personal experience with you and then when we um, come back we're going to take a quick short break and then we'll come back um, a- want to talk a little bit about leptospirosis as well if we don't get any other phone calls at this point in time and i think most of you are out there doing your errands but we'll come on back we'll get more pet talk on wtic news talk 1080 This is our last segment before before Christmas New Year's Hanukkah begins this evening the first night of Hanukkah so I wanted to make sure that all of you knew what to do to try to keep your pets safe and it seems like we've got a somewhat urgent situation so I'm gonna put Chris ahead of the line here hey Chris what's going on
4: how you doing uh, doctor
2: I'm fine how are you great
4: Um, I have a uh, four-year-old beagle jack uh russell mix as you can imagine full yeah. of energy yeah and uh my question is he um you know he's tied up outside a lot he likes to stay outside so he's got like a 30 uh, foot run um but my question is sometimes he escapes right and when he does it turns into like a six-hour marathon to try to get him back right So. He'll stay around the house and in the neighborhood, but he'll come back every fifteen or twenty minutes and uh, come up to the deck, bark, and take off again. And I just didn't know if you had any type of suggestions on how to reel him in well, this happened.
2: Does he come in the house at all, Chris? Is he? In, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, he's okay. In the house? Oh yeah, he's
4: he's you know he's in the house a lot. Um, you know. A lot of times, he just likes to spend a lot of time outside.
2: Okay, all right. And is he how food motivated is he?
4: Uh, <laughs> he not not enough to get him to come in.
2: Okay, <laughs> and it you doesn't know, matter what it them. is. I'm sorry. Or whatever. It doesn't. Well, I, I think we broke up a little bit, so uh, it doesn't matter. So if you had some chicken breast cut up, ready to go in your fridge or in the freezer, um yeah. d- would that would do you think that might help?
4: No, okay. I, I mean we we've done everything. Yeah. thank whatever. He, he does not care. Okay. He, so, he, his, and I take him to a nature preserve a couple times a week yeah. and I let him run. Mm-hmm. I'll unhook him and he stays right with me. You know, he'll run around, he'll stay right with me and when it's time to go, he'll let me hook him up. But mm-hmm. for some reason, when he gets out in the neighborhood, he just, Runs and runs and runs and until he's exhausted.
2: Oh my goodness! And Jack Russell's, um, do have this kind of energy, um, yes. usually. Um, so I know that you know, he when he's outside, even though mm-hmm. he likes being outside, what does he do for activity? Does he just tend to go back and forth, back and forth? Is it a it's not pe- you don't have it fenced in, you just have him no, tied in? It, no,
4: it's, it's it's not fenced in, he's just he's got about uh, Thirty feet of um, okay. uh, lead, and, that, and he just kind of goes from the deck to the backyard, great. and he can get on into the driveway, so he can see what's going around in the neighborhood because he's very nosy.
2: So he just kind of walks around. He's not like he's like walking, pacing, and going around in circles or anything yeah. like that. No,
4: yeah, well, yeah, he runs around. He, I mean, he'll run around. He'll throw up his toys okay. up in the air and run around. And a lot of times, you know, I'll sit on the deck and throw, you know, okay. something out to him, and he'll run and grab it
2: okay so so I so i tend to see uh, i'm going to just come from my perspective as the veterinarian that sees the, where the problems come through my door and mm-hmm. i have dogs that really will do especially energetic dogs that are tied up they will yeah. they will have injuries to their neck because they see something they see a squirrel go by and they don't care that they're tied up they're just going to run until they can't till that line ends and pull and jerks them back so yeah. i can't uh, so can't, I'm not an advocate of it, and I I don't okay. know if when he escapes, is he escaping from being tied up on the 30 foot leash, or is he escaping from the house?
4: Usually from the house. Somebody somebody will let leave the door open, and he sees his opportunity and he'll run. But there was enough a couple uh, months ago his uh, <clears throat> his wire broke.
2: Right, right.
4: So and um, and it just and when you're talking about him getting to the end of the leash, it's like. He'll run around in circles playing. It's almost like he knows exactly where it ends.
2: Okay, okay, yeah. And it's it's just the thing about when they see something they're they're not expecting. And I use the example yeah, of a squirrel the squirrel. Amazon.
4: You know, my next door neighbor gets Amazon deliveries uh, constantly, right. so he right. he's always
2: right. freaking
4: out about that. So
2: I don't have the answer about the full one hundred percent guarantee. How we're going to get him back in the house? I mean, I would assume that I know he likes outdoors. Um, but I, I just assume that, you know, it's um, food is the main motivator that I right, kind of right, look at, right. and he doesn't seem to be that way. I also think, I mean, the fact that he's l- like that, y- you do know that even when you go on your nice walks, that there's a little bit of risk that he may run off, even though he hasn't yet. You do know there's a risk, Right. <laughs> Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. Okay. But it's it's. I don't unhook him until we're like in a remote area okay. where I can see in all four directions and okay. there's no surprises. You does, know,
2: right? Does he go to neighbors' homes? Does he go? Does he? Yeah, to... yeah.
4: There's a dog down the road. That's usually the first place he goes. When he'll go down to their, there's okay. a friend of his down the road. So that's usually the first place he goes.
2: Is he neutered? Has he been, or is he been? Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a neutered male. Okay. Mm-hmm. Usually that's the main reason why they want to kind of roam there. You know, I think that um, again, I don't have the. The exact answer, and I want him to be safe. I want to keep our little Jack Russell as safe, safe as possible. What Ooh. I would, I, what I would do is kind of, if you could, a time or two, um, ha- work with a, a specific dog trainer for something like this. Um okay. I, I think they they can be very beneficial. This is not something you want to take him to a class for. This is something in your home environment. You want to see right. what happens, and and I think there could be a step by step plan to. To make it so that he is safe, that when he does get out, obviously you want to try. And this is one of my uh, suggestions about being safe around the holidays when people come to visit. You may have to put him in a, in another room, or you may have to put him in a place where he can't get out while people are coming in and out, so that he right, doesn't. Right. That's, you know that's what? The main problem, yeah, yeah, I, and that, and it's not just your guy that happens so many times. And the same thing we've talked about microchipping, so that if he is does get out. He is found. They can always return him and retrieve them to you because he's got the microchip in his. Right.
4: Yeah, I've been considering that. Oh, that I and, would
2: definitely do that, Chris. It's. Okay. um and, uh, uh, yeah.
4: yeah, and it's it's not like the neighbors mind him. They all love him, but the fact is, I'm just afraid. You know, he's going to get hit by a car. Yeah. That's the only thing I'm worried about.
2: Uh, absolutely, and that and that's um, that that's rightfully so. That that would be a concern. So. That would be my suggestion of having someone come see the environment, see the home, see what it is. Is It isn't mm-hmm. just playing a game? If if he like chasing a ball, then you would kind of like have him retrieve the ball. But he doesn't sound like he's a he retrieves balls. He doesn't like to bring anything back to you.
4: Yeah, no, he does. He does. Okay,
2: but he, he just like, withdraw- <laughs> you
4: know when he's hooked up, you know, or or even in the house, just sitting on the couch. Okay, he, he wants to play every night, and I throw his toys up in the air, and he catches them and brings them back. Right. But um, yeah. So well, we, it's just, it's like when he's out, it's just a big game. You it, know, he comes back, gets within 10 feet of you, barks and runs away, you know?
2: It is a game, but it's an yeah. unsafe game and I can understand your anxiety. So uh, yeah, that, that, I, I would reach out. Um, there's some really good individuals that will come to the home and do that okay. type of, of training. Okay.
4: I, okay. I think I will go with that. That yeah. sounds like a good idea.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, and again, it's the repetition, too, and putting things in place. Is sort of, so good luck to you, Chris. Thank you for the call. Okay.
4: Thank you very much, doctor.
2: Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Yeah. It's, oh, well, I mean, I'm sure he's as cute as a button, too. I can picture him out there. I can picture him out there. And I think, again, that's where um, having, I mean, some... I, Training does do a a lot. There's a lot of benefits to it. I mean, is it 100%? No. Some people might even say, you know, some people like the invisible fence. You know, that's like the second layer of protection. I, I've done that with, with in my yard even though we always take our dog out on a leash um, you know again that's that's I always have him on a leash because I want to make sure that he's um, as safe as possible and I want to make sure people in the neighborhood feel safe too. Um, we have a, a large Bouvier dog and he is um, he has quite the scary bark even though he has he's he's very very friendly. He he wants to protect his property, so uh, the invisible fence. Maybe as I know, many of you use that as well as another uh, layer of protection. But there's nothing like good training and making sure that he's got eye contact and, and listens to you. But and again, if it was a lab, labs are very Labrador retrievers are very food motivated. So again, we um, but it's the end of the hour already. We've just got a couple more minutes here. Can't believe it. So I wanted to just mention, we were talking about vaccinating earlier uh, for canine influenza virus. Talk to your veterinarians if that that vaccine, and the vaccine that we use um, at our hospital, the Moonfield Animal Hospital, is bivalent. It takes care of both of the the variants that we see most commonly. But we also um, tend to vaccinate for a disease called leptospirosis. And the reason why leptospirosis I wanted to mention it now, is because we're seeing an increase in terms of the number of cases of lepto, uh, not just in the last month, in the last years, but we've seen more cases in our animal hospital as well. And there, it, what it does, it causes acute kidney failure and or liver failure. Your guys can be eating one day and the next day they're just down and out. And it's, it's difficult to treat. It can um, be potentially fatal. But there's also one other little aspect that makes this disease very important is that there is a zoonotic potential, meaning that people can get it from their pets as well. It doesn't happen often, but when we diagnose a case of leptospirosis, we are um, mandated to report it to the state because the state of Connecticut keeps track of leptospirosis cases. So if you um, have... Um, an option or it's discussed with your veterinarian about vaccinating, I would listen to what they have to say. If your pet's at a high risk, what we considered high risk were people and pets that were kind of exposed to wildlife. Like if you live in an area where raccoons kind of walk in your backyard or coyotes walk in your backyard, which is my backyard, they, where they, when they urinate, that kind of urine will hold and it will tend to do it like in uh, little stagnant bodies of water. That's where this leptospirosis organism will sort of hang out. So if you have a dog that's outdoors a lot and wants to lap up that type of wet area and there's some urine mixed in there with the water and with this leptospirosis, that's really the most common way that, that our dogs will get it. Or You know, and again, it depends on your environment. But I I have to tell you, I have seen lately um, a lot of dogs that live, small dogs that live in the suburb get this disease. I've seen a little high rise, um, a dog that lives in a high rise in New York City, um, like eight pound little Maltese. She got leptospirosis. So it's something that needs to be discussed. And there are different serovars, so different types and you, we use the vaccine that has the, there's four most commonly. So again, it's something that we can prevent. You might hear your doctor talk about it. Just have the conversation if you can, whether that's another uh, disease we can try to prevent. Well, I want you to have a safe holiday. I want you your pets to have a safe holiday. I'll probably, again, I will be back on the air um, in January, wishing you the, the best new year. But thank you for being such a dedicated listening off audience. I appreciate you, and we'll see you next time.
0: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Over here. Only at T-Mobile. Get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. <laughs>
5: Put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact